the lit bedroom. I'm always a gremlin. Let's start. <laughs> hello, hello. That's okay. And we're back and I'm pushing buttons and it makes me nervous. Hello, we are totally not okay. You're totally fine. Don't even lie. <laughs> I know, but that's actually the first time that I remember to say the title of our podcast in the like entire third season that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so let's actually do it then. Oh, you want? I don't know. Who starts? You? It's been so long. We're going to fuck it up no matter what. So Okay, let's do it in one voice. <laughs> Stop it. You know we can't. I know. Maybe Haps will change that so that we can do karaoke too. All right. We yeah. are... No, how do I... I hello. hello. <laughs> we are... <laughs> you do it. Hi, and welcome to We're Totally Not Okay. But that's okay. The podcast about the intersection of mass media culture and mental health. I'm Kaylee Legrand. I'm Justin and I'm back. And last time I should have been here because I would have been yelling at Kaylee. No, you did fine. Please. Did you? Did you listen to it? Uh, I didn't. I haven't listened to all of it, but I listened to a, a couple select chunks and it was good. Okay. <laughs> we had somebody, I don't know if you, you noticed this part, but there was an audience member who so strongly represented you. I was so excited to see like comments at the end. Frank was putting up little symbols. Um, for those who are listening in the audio only version later on, oh, what are you doing? Come join us on Haps and you can watch it all happen live. Um, especially excited because today we have a bit of a presentation, but in the audience where there's a chat section, somebody who has been watching since the beginning of the season three um, first episode, he put up this little timer when it was getting like close to an hour. And I'm like, oh man, Justin is here in spirit. <laughs> yeah, and you still went an hour and a half. Oh, uh, did I? Was it actually that long? <laughs> yeah, it was. Fantastic. Um, well, we'll try to, I mean, you're here, things are going to be a little bit more in control because you're more organized. I say. Lies. Lies. <laughs> I guess that brings us to, without further ado. Yeah, let's bring on in Rodrigo, make him introduce himself. Hello, hello guys. Nice. It's nice to be here. Thank you very much. Uh, you guys are crazy, you know? <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I think that's a pretty apt um, a a representation of at least me. Like I said, Justin's more organized, but I am the chaos to all of this mess. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I love it. So uh, my name is Rodrigo Portaro. I'm from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And now I am a storyteller. Uh, I, I, I think... Everybody here is a kind of storyteller. Everybody's a storyteller, but I work with that. Uh, I help people and brands and uh, uh, and executives to create great stories. And um, but my my journey started actually in economics. <laughs> I studied uh, accounting, 
and something that uh, I don't know who knows that, that but it's called uh, actuarial science. Uh, people who like risks to study how to calculate risk, mitigate risks. And after that, I, I made accounting and I was working on PricewaterhouseCoopers, that is a consulting company. And uh, after six years, I quit uh, because I was uh, sad, <laughs> a kind of depressed. I was not enjoying my, my work. And I was asking myself, uh, this uh, really seriously this is life <laughs> i want to do something more interesting i want to do something more uh that resonates with me and i started to to research and make some courses and i find uh this word that is storytelling and i was totally passionate about it and i i quit my job and i started i started to work in a company called the plot company because a plot uh, is something that is really, really important to story. And uh, we were helping brands and executives to create great stories. So this is uh, kind of uh, who I am, but I am, I am also a guy who like uh, sports. I, I like to run every day. <laughs> I like to uh, skateboard, but there is a long time that I don't do it because I know, you know, I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say it's just, just, you're not allowed to go outside. Are you allowed to go? Are you still allowed to go out and skateboard and run? What are the restrictions like for you in Brazil? Oh, the, here we are living on lockdown again, the second time. So I'm not allowed to do that. Uh, but we can run in the street uh, just for, uh, for health. You know, this is allowed. But uh, this is good as, as well because uh, I'm working a lot of stories. I have a, a huge project uh, running right now, and this is uh, a good time to improve it. Amazing. So uh, you start, did you say you started the plot company or you joined uh, the plot company once I you joined some finances? Yeah, I joined the, the plot company because uh, I had a uh, uh founder partner uh he he was the founder partner and he brought uh robert mckee i don't know if you know him but uh he's a guru in hollywood oh do you have a story great uh, it's my bible. bible yeah this is the bible for screenwriters and around the world and this guy uh was uh invited by my partner my partner called uh, calls Johnny. All right, <laughs> it's, it's easier to, to understand. So Johnny John. is the founder, and he uh, brought Robert McKee to be become a uh, partner. And I joined uh, one year uh, later uh, as a as a partner as well. And so uh, this makes me partner of Robert McKee uh, during three years. And I I went to London to study with him. Uh, I made all the courses of him, and uh, when I came back to Brazil, I started to to write. So I became a screenwriter as well. Uh, so I this is the beginning uh, of the a new version of Rodrigo. You know, <laughs> the Rodrigo <laughs> from uh, finance. Uh, not died, but uh, felt in sleep, you know. <laughs> uh, and Rodrigo, creator, Rodrigo, uh, writer, uh, raised. So 
this is uh, a little bit of my story. <laughs> so the rising of the phoenix from the ashes, and this is a different a different chapter of your life. Yes, yes, totally, totally, totally. This is uh, just this is just like a, a Rodrigo uh, happy and with a purpose, you know, in life. So <laughs> this is well, totally. Rodrigo. <laughs> that's super fascinating. I know that we're going to get into um, story principles. Uh, that's what we've titled the episode with you. And we're going to actually uh, offer to listeners a, a little bit of a breakdown. Well, I say we, you, this is, this is your life's work. And you're not only, you know, like us storytellers, but part of the work that you're now doing is about helping other people also become the storytellers that they want to be if if that's close enough to what I've understood from you know our last meeting and chatting about why you have chosen this line of work but the fact that you're talking about you know the word purpose um, we I don't know how often we bring this idea up of purpose but it's something that I've been hearing a lot especially over the past year and being a podcast that focuses on the intersection between mass media culture and mental health, um, I'm super fascinated with the ways in which that intersection itself is changing and that people are, I, I feel almost that it's changing in a way where purpose itself is kind of the spearheading, the spearhead of this movement. Everyone is turn not everyone but I, I guess i can speak for myself this has been a period of incredible reflection and looking inward and asking you know myself why i have lived a certain life um and it sounds like there's something similar in the way that you had that shift for yourself moving from a different career into storytelling uh is is storytelling how would you p position that as far as your purpose goes why is storytelling your purpose now <laughs> that's a good question uh i i like to think that uh purpose is not something that you find you know it's not something lost and you are trying to find you know uh i don't know where is it uh, where my purpose live <laughs> what my purpose eat and <laughs> breathe i don't know I, I don't know where so how i i will find it i cannot find it I, but I can build it, right? So I can put something in practice, I can create a project and I can uh, try to test something, uh, to taste something, to um, build something. And um, suddenly we realize, oh, I like to do that. You know, this is, this is really great. I, I felt good to doing that. So uh, now I, I think <laughs> I, I found my purpose until this project end and a new project arise and a new purpose uh, I need to find. So uh, I like to think that way. And um, when when I quit my job, I was kind of surrendering. You know, <laughs> I was kind of trying to 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 understand what I feel, uh, not only what I think, but what I feel and i i felt bad so i i, I thought something needs to change so uh when i start to to relate to storytelling work uh and uh put my uh my hands on on uh on it you know 
and starting to, to write, starting to study about, I felt good. So when I felt good, I, I, I thought maybe my purpose is related to that. So this is how I, I think I discovered uh, my purpose. <laughs> and what exactly were you doing? Did you know what your path was going to look like when you joined the plot company? Did you know what kind of work you were doing with Robert McKee? Not at all, not at all. Uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was using suits and tie. And uh, uh, here in Brazil, we have uh, a city called São Paulo, that is the biggest city from Brazil. And we have uh, a, a neighborhood that is the financial neighborhood, just like uh, uh, Wall Street in New York, but here is Faria Lima. <laughs> uh, so uh, I was working there and everybody's just look look like me so i kind of didn't know uh how life was outside of the bubble you know <laughs> so I, I i had a feeling that i outside of the bubble uh there there was a a, a new world a whole universe to explore but i i didn't know what yeah so I when when I say that I surrender, I surrendered to 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 live inside of the bubble. So I I was open it to to life. That, that's it. <laughs> we'll be right back after this short break. So you just got done listening to the new episode of this podcast, and now you're looking for another one to get into. I know what you're thinking, but Cody, the new podcast I want to get into is an improvised comedy with a horror theme. Well, guess what, little podcast fiend? You're barking up the right alley. Because I'm one of the hosts of Spooked, the improvised scary story podcast where it's never scary and sometimes a story. Now you're thinking, wow, that sounds awesome, but where do I find that? Well, the same place you found this one, thesonarnetwork.com. You click on it, you listen, and get ready to get spooked. And we're back. And what exactly was the work that you were doing with Robert McKee. You said that the plot company has, uh, you, you have an association with him, but from my yeah. understanding, when he comes over, is it into all of, um, is it South America? Is it also North America? Whenever he comes to deliver lectures on storytelling, what is it that you were doing with him and his work? Yeah, uh, we represent him in Brazil. So uh, everything that is related to the story we created a story business edition that is a, a, a course about storytelling that is the same course that he gave in Hollywood or in London the, the story seminar and so we are we're, uh, giving for him here in Brazil and uh, some specific projects that uh, clients will, uh, would afford <laughs> uh, we involved him uh, to to create the scripts, so we were helping companies and executives to create better stories. So I uh, think that uh, an executive, when he are uh, thinking to build a PowerPoint presentation to a TED Talks, he needs a story, right? So we help in, uh, help the, those executives to create the the story, or a company creating a whole campaign. Storified campaign, you know, with episodes and seasons, and uh, we helped the the helped the the companies to build the the script as well. 
but also the the whole production. Uh, we are we are a production company. Okay, and when you say, I mean, we're going to be using the word story a lot, and it and in many ways, you know, you've shifted into yeah. a world about story, but um, as far as your career goes, but I think story surrounds all of us in so many ways. Yeah. Before we get into actually breaking down story and uh, how somebody else might be able to tackle those components to build their own stories, much in the same way, I'm sure that, you know, a business that you're talking about when you go into corporations and teach them how to communicate by using this thing called story, maybe you can share a little bit about why you think story is powerful, what makes it a powerful tool? That's an awesome question. Um, I think I can present the first slide <laughs> because this is exactly what I'm going to talk about <laughs> my presentation. Uh, sure, I'm going to have questions a lot along the way. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, please make this very conventional, right? So yeah. So what we're going to do be doing for those who are listening only, uh, Rodrigo has joined us on the audiovisual platform that we've been broadcasting on called Haps, but we've also allowed him to kind of hack in and have some controls to show some visual aids that, uh, and clarify if I'm speaking incorrectly about this, Rodrigo, but these are, this is, this is some of, these are some of the tools that you use when you are communicating and breaking down what story is for say, going into a boardroom or talking to a company so that they can better use story and the components that it is built of. So visually, for those who are watching along, like during or after on YouTube, uh, that's what you're going to be able to see. Yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly like that. I, I give you techniques, principles, and everybody that uh, has an open mind <laughs> uh, can relate these uh, techniques to any kind of situation that needs a story. Sometimes we need a story to uh, present ourselves, you know, uh, to an interviewer for a job. Uh, sometimes we need to tell our story to, um, I don't know, uh, to pod, uh, create an interview and pod, podcasting. Uh, we, we tell our story uh, anytime, you know, in real life, or we can create stories about the future. So they are, that's, that's uh, fictional stories. There are fictional stories, so, so uh, I can, uh, for example, uh, tell you a story about a company building a service or a product and show to my consumers how our lives will be in the future uh, if we uh, be together, right? So I can create stories uh, to the past, to the future, uh, about the present, about myself, about uh, someone else, about a brand, about so stories are everywhere, literally. Before, <laughs> so before we move on to the slideshow, Rodrigo, just to clarify, yeah. when you talk about the work that uh, the plot company is doing, it's predominantly for businesses. It's for commercials, yeah, yeah. It's for TED talks, it's for interview techniques, it's for making pitch presentation and getting funding for your startup. It, it's predominantly around the business world, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly, but I I also have an initiative that uh, the name is in Portuguese. That is Academia da Trama, that is for uh, people from in the entertainment business. 
So people who are trying to create stories uh, can be something like a movie, can be something like an audio story, can be a book, can be a gaming, you know, or something like that. But this is in the beginning. We are creating a community, and I can I can talk more about uh, later today. So what you're going to be talking about today is more so the basics so that let's say you're speaking with a screenwriter or you're speaking with uh, somebody who works on the marketing team who then has to go on and promote a film once it's at that stage. Uh, these are going to be tools that can be that are basically you're laying the groundwork, the base principles that you would then probably, I'm assuming, tailor to whatever um board of directors you're speaking to or screenwriter you're speaking to or marketing executive you're speaking to right yeah but uh yeah that's definitely like exactly like that but uh if uh we are talking uh if screenwriters uh start to listen to us uh, right now they uh probably knows uh the structure of a story that i'm going to show today because the the principles and the techniques are the same uh to pitch or to create a movie they are they are this, the same principles uh story is a good story because of the same principles so uh people will uh understand how these principles apply to a pitch or to create a, a whole series you know <laughs> it's the okay. same okay i love it justin yeah. do you have any other questions before we hop to the first slide no you're good on with the show um, is, okay, give it, hit us with the first slide. All right, cool. So my, I have a question for you guys. Uh, what is a, a story in your point of view? <laughs> what is a story? Simple, simple question, right? What is Am a I story? supposed to answer that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so just a rhetorical question. No. Oh God, a story is um, for me. It's what manipulates me. It is my God. It is what I revere. It is everything. Cool, cool. Okay. And I don't know how healthy of an answer that is, but I. It's my obsession as a, as a, an actor and as a screenwriter. It's um, imbued in everything around me. All right. So, and what makes a story a, a great story? Oh, I'm the wrong person to answer this because. I, I, I think it depends. I mean, um, <laughs> in one word, conflict. what's that, Justin? In one word, conflict. 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 All right. Conflict. And I was the representation of that. Yeah, conflict uh, must have in a in a story. Uh, but I, I will facilitate for you guys. <laughs> My uh, the answer that I'm following right now is uh, stories are equipment for living. Kenneth Burke uh, say that, and in uh, some somehow each story, uh, each great story should teach us something, and uh, and help us to live our lives. Um, Robert McKee used to say that stories are metaphor for life. They kind of imitate what uh, how life works, and uh, the audience. Uh, relate to, uh, relate to the, the the character the protagonist and learn with him or her right so uh, we are all trying to to understand uh, how a story uh, can 
teach, uh, equip us to live, you know? So Aristotle, uh, when uh, the ageless uh, uh, question from Aristotle is how human beings sh uh, should live them their life. So uh, stories bring answers to that question. Um, that's, that's what we say that is a, a great story. And a story is something that uh, is in us, you know, uh, our mind works in a story form, uh, such as our life, uh, our mind, uh, uh, when we sleep, uh, we, we, uh, we dream in a story form, something happened and then, then something happened and then something happened, right? And we think in the in story form, uh, oh, if I do that, uh, something will happen and then something will happen. Uh, so story is not uh, is not only a technique; is uh, an understanding how life works, right? That's it. So uh, this is what is story is, and that's why uh, stories are everywhere. Uh, we can use to marketing, to branding, to pitch, to sales, uh, to community, uh, to create a community. Uh, because communities uh, is based on stories, right? People share their stories and start to relate it to each other, and uh, try to they try to to create a um, uh, a unit of uh, values and beliefs and customs and uh, ideas, right? So uh, community building can use storytelling, writers, speaker, speakers, podcasters, uh, film producers, series producers, leaders, uh, just like uh, Martin Luther King uh, or Nelson Mandela, uh, they were great storytellers. So stories are literally everywhere, right? I have a question already. Yeah, yeah let's, let's do it. <laughs> so you're talking about values and... I, it, it makes me think back to this idea of purpose that we were talking about and how you posit it as something that you, that isn't necessarily its own entity walking around breathing and eating, but that you can build, that it comes from you. When you sit down with a screenwriter or a marketing team or other business professionals, are you fleshing out, I guess, do you start off with the questions of what their values are? And are you making a translation into building that idea of purpose for them? Or is purpose something that you find most of those teams that you're sitting down with, they already have, and they're bringing that to you. And that's how you're building values from it. Kind of like chicken and egg, which one comes first for you? Yeah, uh, I start uh, asking people, uh, about who is your story, you know? Who is the protagonist or, or who, are, who are the protagonists, right? Uh, and what they want and why they want what they want. These kind of questions uh, start to, to provoke uh, the, the screenwriter uh, to, to, to understand deeply who is the protagonist, uh, about who is this story. And uh, the values came up when uh, they are trying to answer those kind of questions. So why they want what they want, you know? Why they desire that? What are the motivations? And uh, people are, need to, to, to think uh, deeply uh, uh, why my character want this, you know? 
let's say, uh, let's say in the business world, for example, <laughs> a, a CEO wants to um, uh, rise uh, the the KPIs. You know, I, I don't know. He he want to to he want a better ROI. You know, return over investment. Uh, okay, this is what the character want. But why they want? Uh, he want what he want. Uh, what what is the motivation? Oh. He needs to prove to the board of the company that he is a, a CEO who runs well a company. You know, so he wants to to belong. He wants to uh, be recognized by the, by his work. So these uh, are the things that he valued the most. So uh, trying to answer those kind of questions shows us uh, what are the values of that character. And my uh, my 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 job as a screenwriter is to violate uh, the values, you know, bring conflict, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, very aggressive wording. I love it. You violate the values, and so far I've heard the who and the why. Um, and as a journalist coming from a, a background of journalism, you know that's. That's the number one thing that, that we learn is all those delves, the who, what, why, where, when, sometimes how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, ask yourself why five times, you know, why, but why, but why, you know, I, you need to go deep inside to understand what, what are the deepest values uh, uh, in that story that you want to tell. Oh, Rodrigo, my parents are not going to be happy that you just told me to ask why five more times than I'm already <laughs> asking. <laughs> why why <laughs> i was that kid that wasn't just in the back seat saying are we there yet i didn't care about whether we were there yet or where we were even going because i was already building worlds of my own imagination imagining even the lines on the road floating i not even imagining i believed that these things were happening that like the lines on the road were actually lifting off and they were magical and i had all these questions about why about the world so uh yeah. this i'm blaming on you i'm now putting on you. No, but the, but actually, this makes uh, you really smart. You know, you are curious about life. Uh, I used to say that uh, you uh, to become a storyteller, you don't need to only to have the talent of writing. You need to have the talent about uh, understanding and making reflections about how life works. And the best way to do that is asking why, <laughs> you know. So uh, if you don't make these kind of reflections, you usually don't have nothing deep or meaningful to say. Uh, so I, I think you are very smart to ask why <laughs> since you are uh, you were a kid, you know. I am so glad that we have this on camera. I'm sending. <laughs> That's keeping cool. things on track. Let's get back to the presentation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the presentation. What's the next slide? <laughs> yeah, I have a question again. So, okay. uh, my question is: When we need to tell stories? So it's not all the time. I need to tell a story all the time. You know, I want to. I don't know. Uh, report the numbers of my company to someone, or I need to. Uh, okay. Playing, playing devil's advocate here, every time you open your mouth, you're telling a story. Presenting numbers, numbers are arbitrary, meaningless things unless we assign them meaning, which is the story that goes behind them. Yeah, perfect. That's that's the answer. We we have to we have a story to tell when we have something meaningful to say. 
right? <laughs> if I just want to report the number only to, to show the number and that's it, I don't have nothing to say, I don't need to tell a story. I, I, I print a, a report and I send the report. I didn't, don't need to, to, to tell a story. What I'm, saying, what I'm saying is the act of printing that report is a story itself. Yeah, it's, it's you doing a story, right? <laughs> it's you uh, creating a story. You are making a story. This is why we call a story doing, not a story telling. I feel uh, like Justin is getting into this metaphysical reality realm that you don't, right. I mean, this, I'm going to blame you if I go on to a metaphysical rant, but no I agree. Problem. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know well, if I just believe that, like, correctly, but uh, I even think the way that you sip your tea can be an artful story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand where you are going. Uh, yes, that in the in, in that kind of way, uh, just sending a report, there is a story in there, you know. But this is not me telling a story. There is no beginning, middle, and end. Uh, uh, in the the in the communication, you know, uh, but uh, for sure uh, that report can uh, care a story. But I don't know if this is uh, what you are trying to talk about, Justin. <laughs> I think so. I think I just disagree with the fact that you have to have something meaningful to say in order to be telling a story. You can tell a story about a coffee cup and have nothing meaningful to say about a coffee cup. Okay, uh, but why you are going to tell a story that if you don't have something meaningful to say? Why? Well, I mean, I think that just comes down to human nature. We're based on, on like we are a species that relies on communication, whether it's body language or actual speech or et cetera, yeah. et cetera, that you don't necessarily need to tell a story with a beginning, meaning, and end to be telling a story, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, you don't need to have the beginning, middle, and end, but uh, you still needing to have something to say, right? You, you, you want if you are sharing a story, uh, you are trying to relate to someone else, and if you are trying to relate. Uh, it's there is meaning in some in some way, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear as a difference is that like, um, as a species, we the whole point, the whole form of communication. I guess why we continually extrapolate and and make more intricate our forms of communication is because there is something in us that we try to express. And whatever that thing is that is ineffable, I guess, in essence, is the nugget of meaning. Um, so, yeah, a, a set of numbers is still just a set of numbers. And it's the context, whether it does have a beginning, middle and end, or if it's an atypical structure of a story that is, uh, I don't know, purposefully being used in a manner that breaks a typical beginning, middle and end structure, it's... I, the point of ever opening your mouth and saying something or the point of ever wanting to communicate anything is it must come from a place of meaning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, if you, if you, if I'm sharing uh, a story uh, that is um, from, from outside, we, we, we see this story just like something in, uh, inoffensive uh, or something that is, uh, I, I, the, the, uh, 
by by just seeing and watching this story from outside, I, I think this story that doesn't have something meaningful to say, right? If I'm trying to try to say that 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 kind of story, uh, for the communicator, for the storyteller, why he's opening his uh, he's opening his mouth uh, to to tell that? It's because something there is important to him, right? If it's something important, uh, thinking the in the word import, import, uh, I can import something to someone, some uh, somewhere else. You know, I need to trans transfer something. The data to transfer. <laughs> yeah, just like a like a data data transfer. So if I'm open my mouth because something is important to me, is because I'm trying to transfer some idea some uh something to someone else so uh if this is important to me this have has some kind of meaning can be uh, can be something uh, really meaningful or something that is just meaningful you know just something like that uh, uh that is important to me or something like that but i totally agree that is <laughs> this is uh a long conversation about it right <laughs> That's a good I don't want to make it longer, but I will say I'm I, I do like um, I like Justin's pushback here specifically because my mind is stuck in this place of trying to understand well what what is meaningful what's the point why why would anybody want to open their mouth and try to convey something and how do we understand that it is going to be meaningful for whoever is going to consume it for the audience members um and i just as an aside my, i this morning agreed with my i agreed to my acting coach to be his editor he's writing a book and basically he's sending me all of the material that he's written in the past 20 years to now seed through so I want to try to understand what that differentiation is, what is going to be meaningful and what we discard. <laughs> cool. cool. Well, there's yeah. also a distinction here too. I think, I think what Rodrigo's trying to present here is that it's meaningful to someone else, but you could also tell a story that has no meaning to you or Rodrigo, but is immensely meaningful for me to just get out. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's true. I agree. I totally agree with that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. We'll get to let's, audience segmentation yeah. later. Okay, next uh, slide. Let's let's just uh think now about uh what is the storyteller killers, right? <laughs> what kills a story? Uh and I have uh many things to say uh around here, but I want to focus in what I think is the most important one. That is a disease that Robert McKee calls negaphobia the fear of all things negative so and their consequence so uh i have uh, the the fear to share some vulnerabilities i have the fear to share uh that i'm not perfect uh that i failed that, that so the fear cues a good story if you have fear to share this is this is really important here because um if the story is based on conflict and I fear to share uh, what I felt and uh, what I thought about that kind of situation that I lived, um, I, I, I will bring no conflict or no meaningful conflict right, to the story. So why I'm telling this, why I'm 
why people are investing their time to listen to my story if uh, you don't show uh, how you were smart or strong to relate to something uh, difficult or uh, or vulnerable, right? So this is this is uh, the most important uh, serial killer of storytellers. <laughs> so it's kind of like the ROI, what you get back for what you put in. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, if you put in only uh, a character, just like a hero uh, that achieves everything that he wants, that he has the superpowers to solve everything, why should I relate to, to this kind of character? I, I'm trying to live my life and my life is tough and I'm facing a lot of struggles and uh, I want to, to listen to stories that uh, help me to, to go through my life, you know, to, to deal with my life. And uh, the, the perfectionism here is not helping uh, storytellers to tell stories, right? That's yeah. why, that's why I, I, I think uh, uh, Marvel uh, movies are becoming more uh, popular because the, the heroes, uh, sometimes they don't know what to do. You know, they are more humans right nowadays. They are vulnerable. You know, Batman sit down in a chair and ask him, himself, why I'm doing this? Should I do this? Really? Uh, should I do this? Or uh, Iron Man in the last Avengers, you know, he's vulnerable. So uh, that's, that's a key to create connection to audience. Yeah, I think Marvel is not only... Um... I mean, I'm looking at my pile of comics next to me, so I'm obviously a fan. Uh, but I, Marvel does a great job of just recognizing those key ingredients and heightening them to their extremes of whether it's, you know, they're not just humans, they're su superhumans in some sort of aspect, and they're not just vulnerable, they're super vulnerable in certain aspects. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm a fan. I think that's a great reference. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people say, oh, but uh, superheroes are a fantasy and this is not life. Mm, uh, it's a metaphor for life, actually. It's a total new universe. It's a whole other uh, planet, you know, it's uh, other rules. But uh, somehow, as human beings, uh, they are, they are uh, uh, somehow related to uh, normal people, just like yeah. us. There's yeah. something inherently powerful about, uh, and maybe I'm starting to answer my own question about before that, that the power of story, and we're going to work through this, but there's something inherently powerful about storytelling as a mechanism of creating empathy because they are analogies, they are metaphors um, that we as audience members will consume to live vicariously through. And you know, you were referencing Aristotle and, and we hearken back to Plato, this idea of catharsis, that we don't have to do the Indiana Jones trek. We don't have to run through fire in order to to actually go on an emotional roller coaster that kind of takes us along a similar or vicarious process with that that journey of the hero. But the idea that 
you're going to get some pushback, obviously, even if somebody wants to say that these are superheroes, it's not real. Well, any movie that you go see, any story that you hear is not going to be your reality, but that's sort of the point. And that's the connection that when we share through story, we can both share that journey in a sense for the catharsis. Am I making sense with that? Just to, yeah. just to jump in on that too, Kales, I would caution anyone who is watching this, especially having just produced a documentary myself, even the content we perceive as being real is not real. Yeah, I agree. What's that? Everything is fictional, right? Uh, even if you are trying to, to create the, recreate the reality, or just pointing historical facts. Uh, when you try to create a story with historical facts, it's your point of view of the facts because the, the truth is not the fact, is the truth is what you think about the fact, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a great angle. It's also very interesting to, I, I love that Justin, you're putting this caution out there because we've already established, you use these tools to, I mean, you break down story into these principles for not just other storytellers who are screenwriters or uh, who want to do a beat slam poetry night and just be a better communicator, uh, but with corporations that are also sifting an insane amount of money into marketing and advertising. So to understand how these principles play into that sort of power that story can have over somebody, I think we're becoming a lot more aware too. I mean, we're not all going to immediately believe that buying the right shaving cream is going to get us legs that will bring the future that we want. You know, we're not living in that world anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, the, 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 um, we are starting to live a new era, right? Uh, the old era, uh, uh, creative communications uh, that were more, uh, how can I say that? It's, it, uh, the, when, when we see uh, big brands uh, creating campaigns, uh, they are focusing on the product and how perfect they are and how big they are. And actually to the new generations, this, this is, uh, sorry the word, but this is bullshit, right? Uh, people don't don't want to to be related to the perfect brand. They want to be authentic. They want to be. Uh, they want to share. They want to co collaborate. Uh, they want to to be themselves and be true. You know, uh, uh, when I'm, when I'm saying that negaphobia is a problem because uh, every every uh, kind of negaphobia. Uh, every time that we are negating uh, the, 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 the negative side of life, you are not telling the truth, right? So the truth you must tell, <laughs> Yoda, you would say, <laughs> right? So this, this is, this is, uh, this is the, the most important principle for a story. Uh, to try to tell the truth, you know? <laughs> uh, I know that the truth is not something uh, categorical, uh, what is the truth, right? This is a question that we can spend hours and hours and days talking about, but uh, each story has 
it's its own truth, you know. Uh, so truth. So uh, a character uh, behaving like uh, we expect is can be truth, can be not truth. Let let let's take an example about uh, horror movies, right? Uh, if if a protagonist is running away from the monster and uh, he's in a, a, a closed space, everything is dark, and he see the the day of light in a, a far away, and he he try to to run to that point, and we are as an audience we are um, tense and we are uh, expecting him to to go uh, to go to that place, but. Uh, he remembered that he forgot a pen, a pencil in the room, and he need that pencil, and he come back. Nobody does that, you know, in real life. So uh, he be behaves in a in a way that is not truth, you know. So when this happened, audience say, "Oh, this is this is bullshit," you know. <laughs> I don't I don't watch this this kind of movie. Who does that, you know? So in, in, in a kind of way, uh, the, this kind of behavior is not telling the truth. Uh, the truth uh, would be the, the carrot gets out of there. And if he needs, he will uh, have a plan, create a plan to come back and take the pencil, you know, <laughs> or something like that. This is I real mean, life. if it's a really good pen, like one of those gel pens, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, uh, the the protagonist uh, needs to to reveal to the audience the the, the real motivations, the real values. Uh, if he values his, uh, his life, he will never come back and uh, and put his life in danger. You know. So uh, we need to to pay attention about uh, the behaviors of the, our characters. Uh, just like companies need to to pay attention about their behaviors so when i see a, a traditional bank saying that uh, they help people uh, here in brazil the banks are too uh it's, a, it's like uh the devil institutions you know <laughs> uh they they have high interest interests uh they you know they manipulate everything so if i see a bank here in brazil uh, telling that they help people, you know, in the, in TV, I say I would say this is a lie, you know. Can be a, the most beautiful story. Uh, people can cry in the end because in the in the story has a baby laughing and a, a old woman dying, you know, and and we get, get emotional. But in the end, the the bank is sending us a message that is not true. You know, so the truth is really important to to make people engage to your story and believe in you, believe in your brand, believe in your story, and because and this is what will uh, uh, build trust. You know, right? That's 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 so. Answering your question in the beginning, why story is important? Because the story is the most powerful way. To build uh, trustful relationships between uh, audiences and characters, between brands and clients, between uh, parents and sons, between uh, friends and family, you know? <laughs> so, this is why story is important.
Speaking of friends, we have uh, the friend that I mentioned who was here last time representing yeah. Justin in spirit, Frank, who says, fear can fuel creativity faster than a vision board, uh, which also reminds me of how he <laughs> reminded me how much overtime we had last time. Uh, and I think I've interrupted your your presentation so much that we're cutting it close to how many okay. principles have we addressed and how many more principles are there for that, that you teach as part of the basics cool so uh each story is about someone the protagonist uh this this character uh has desires so all stories need, needs to review the desires we can segregate the desires uh, between the conscious desires and the unconscious desires. So the conscious desires are usually what the character wants and the unconscious desires are their motivations or the um, what the character needs to understand, to realize, to, to live, you know? So uh, we have two concepts here, two... two, two uh, Ah, I forgot the word, uh, the principles, two principles here. So uh, we have protagonist, Each sto every story is about uh, someone, and this character has desires, right? And uh, in order to, to make the character get uh, what he wants, uh, we need to, to create a path that is uh, truthful, right? Uh, so uh, the, the other principle is tell the truth. So we covered these three principles right now. Okay. All right. So those are the are those the three main building blocks then that you share? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think this is the most important ones. And uh, everything that I'm going to show right now is more about the structure. So how to how to build the beginning, middle, and end. Okay. Okay. So every story starts with a, a bit. A bit is an action or a reaction. So if you punch me in the face, it's a bit. <laughs> if, if I punch you back, it's another bit. So many bits together create as a, creates a scene. A scene is an event, and event means change. So each, each scene in a story needs to uh, bring a change in the protagonist's life, all right? Uh, can be a change, uh, a more powerful change or uh, meaningless change, but there is some some change in each scene. When I put together many scenes, I create a sequence of scenes. And when we create uh, build, uh, uh, when we create many sequences together, we create an act. Uh, and when we have three acts together, we create an arc of a story. So uh, only to, to give an example uh, about scenes and sequences and the change, let's say that in, in a scene, uh, uh, I was uh, walking the street and someone uh, asked me uh, for help and uh, I helped him and he uh, uh, told me, tell me in my ears, you are going to die after the next rain. Whoa, and the scene ends, okay? So uh, my mood changed because I was feeling uh, okay, good to help someone, but in the end of the scene, I was 
fearing to die, right? So there is a change in a scene. But when in the next scene, uh, uh, I was sleeping, uh, and during the night it started to to rain, uh, to to start a rain. And when I wake up, I see the the wet, uh, the the floor wet, and I realize, oh my god, any time from now I'm going to die. So the scene, the scenes together creates a more powerful change or a more powerful uh, uh, sequence, right? So this is how we are going to to create scene after scene and building change uh, for a story. This, is it clear or is it a bit confused? Yeah, it makes me think of um, I guess the positive and negative charge uh, charges that. Robert McKee talks about in terms of the structure of a scene that you either move from a positive to a negative or from a negative to a positive, having that shift. Yeah. So each story should like look like something like this, you know, <laughs> this is a, a graphic, uh, a possible graphic about a story. Uh, the ups and downs are triggered by the forces of antagonism that are trying to, to keep the protagonist away from his desires. So uh, the forces of antagonism, the, the conflicts are uh, throwing the story to the negative. And the forces of the protagonist is uh, working against the forces of antagonism, uh, trying to put the story in a positive mood, you know, is, is the positive uh, charge. So uh, each scene, needs to to, uh, to, um, to to change the value charge. So if the scene begins in a negative mood, uh, this scene should end in a positive mood. Or uh, if it starts in a negative mood, it can be uh, can end in a double negative mo mood as well. So going to negative, uh, from negative to double negative or triple negative is also a change. So uh, this is how we create uh, the ups and downs of the story, right? So just not staying in the same emotional capacity, having some sort of some sort of shift, whether it's up or down. Yes, exactly, exactly. So uh, just uh, explaining to you how the three-act structure works. Uh, so how to start a story, uh, to begin a story in, in a powerful way, uh, we need uh, two things, uh, the setup and the inciting incident. So the setup is the moment that we present our protagonist and his life. Uh, what are his habits, uh, who is around him, uh, in what uh, time uh, this story is happening, uh, how is the weather, you know, <laughs> everything that is important to the story to, to make the audience understand about who is this story, right? Right. And, and this, is the moment, this is a really important moment uh, because this is the beginning of the process of creating empathy to someone. So uh, the audience is uh, empathizing with the character. Uh, the clients are empathizing uh, to the character of the, 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 that the brand is, is talking about. So this is a really important moment to create this relationship because uh, the inciting incident 
that is uh, happening next to the setup uh, is the moment that we violate the expectations of the character and his values. So uh, when we are empathized by the character and we see uh, a character in danger or uh, something violating his values, we, we care, already care about him or her. So we want to understand how things are going to turn out, how he's going to, to uh, relate to the, the progressive complications that he is going to leave in, in the next act. So this is how we create uh, the act one. You have some questions about around here? here? Nope, I think we're on steady flow. And so we're still talking about a three act structure because like Justin mentioned at the beginning, there are different structures that we could play with, but we're we're talking about a three act structure, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not here talking about rules. I'm talking about uh, principles and one kind of structure that is the classical structure of acts, right? Right. So we have many others. Uh, so when the inciting incident happened, uh, our character, uh, our character's uh, desires uh, are triggered, right? So this is the moment when uh, this character uh, wants something. Every time that our life go out of balance, everything that we want is to go back to balance, right? Nobody wants to live in out of balance. So uh, it's uh, al almost automatic when we pl uh, we planned. Uh, a good inciting incident, uh, we, we start, we triggers the story, right? So that two are the co uh, progressive complications uh, that are the longest act and the most difficult one to, to, to create, to develop, because this is the, the moment that uh, our protagonists are going to uh, act with an expectation and we, as creatives, uh, as writers, as uh, experts in life, we are going to violate uh, the expectations of the character. So it will force the character to, to think in a new way or try to do something more uh, with a new expectation. And once again, we need to violate these expectations and uh, and creating these violations of expectations, we are creating the ups and downs of the story, and uh, we are keeping the audience engaged because conflict uh, creates tension, and tension is what keeps people engaged. And in the in the end of the act two, um, and entering to act three, we have crisis, and after that we have climax and resolution. This is the act three, right? So crisis, climax, and resolution. The crisis are the moment that the protagonist uh, doesn't know uh, what to do, or uh, he already knows what to do, but he thinks that uh, maybe he's not getting there, or not, uh, he, he thinks it's not possible to get there where, where he wants. So um, the crisis is the moment that the stakes are high, and the audience are expecting to understand how this, how things are going to turn out. And the climax is the obligatory scene, is the moment that uh, things happen and the protagonist can get what he wants or not get what he wants, 
for uh, so we have the 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 uh, happy ending or we have uh, the 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 sad ending or we can create an ironic ending right so uh, he gets what he wants but he loses something uh, that's more similar to life usually so to get something that is difficult to get you know, uh, we usually need to open uh, and we need to, to 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 leave something behind you know so uh, the, the this is this creates more realistic ending and the real resolution is uh, when the protagonist uh, uh, we see the, the change in the life of the of the protagonist when we compare the protagonist with the beginning he's a totally another person uh, he changed from inside or even outside you know when we see breaking bad uh, mr white uh, in the beginning and in the ending of the last season on the last episode is a totally different uh, character uh, he changed so no the, spoilers i haven't seen it yet all right all right no spoilers, no spoilers. It's well beyond. we should have all seen it if it, if i haven't seen it it's my fault <laughs> no problem no problem <laughs> Continue. So this is the, the the three act structure right so uh, if uh, we have time, I don't know if I have time, but if you want to break down, break down the, the first episode of Breaking Bad, we can do that. Oh, man, you don't know how much I want to. I think that that actually deserves an entirely other, yeah, another, yeah. another, I, I feel like we could get really deep into that. So what do you say about maybe committing to coming back on the podcast and we can do a sequel to your interview because I would love that, but I think that that's, um, I, I would not want to do it in like five minutes and I've already seen yeah. the time. Yeah, no problem. I, I will be glad to be back. Uh, I love the conversation and uh, I, I totally agree. Doing five minutes is not best way, best way to, to break down breaking bad, you know, is, is, uh, it's, it's worth, uh doing another time yeah it gives me a chance to watch all of it and all of our viewers so that they have the heads up so that if they haven't seen it then they had fair warning i also i mean you and i could spend hours talking and i know that i say that about myself a lot but the last time that we actually hopped on a call and, and chatted it was it could have gone on for for days so um <laughs> i i think at this point maybe we get into the the game that we have set up with you of the one, uh, the two yeah, truths sure. and the lie. Yeah, sure. Let's do I it. I have them here unless you have them also in front of you and you want to share them. Uh, I don't have them in front of me. So if you want to, to ask, uh, right. or if you want to, that I open here, whatever you I want. have, uh, well, I have them listed beside me. So I'm going to read them out. Justin and I will try to figure out which are the truths and which is the lie. Uh, same goes as always for the audience members watching live. Feel free to jot it down in the chat there, which one you think is the lie. So the three items that Rodrigo has shared was that one, he was a professional swimmer. Two, he was a street magician at school. And the third is that he was an actor as a child. Now, Justin, I noticed that your Wi-Fi was cutting in and out. Did you hear all three I, of those? I heard them, but I think I'm just a black box right now. So enjoy this 
black box speaking at you. <laughs> I like it. It's the mystery that is incorporated into storytelling. The unknown is what is interesting. <laughs> you have right. no idea what I'm headstand right now. I'm dancing around my bedroom. No one, no one knows. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, our first guest has come in. Jack believes the lie is number one. So that was that you used to be a professional swimmer. Um, I'm going to Justin. Do you have a guess or black box? Professional swimmer, street musician, or actor? Yes. I don't think you were ever an actor. <laughs> I okay. So Justin is number three. All I'm right. gonna say. I mean, I feel like. I feel like being a magician and being an actor are so closely tied to what storytelling entails that I'm I'm going to side with Jack on this one. I think number one is also the lie that you were not a professional swimmer. <laughs> okay, should should I give my answer, the right answer? Oh wait, no, I feel like that makes me sound like I'm telling you you're not a well-rounded individual, and maybe. <laughs> Yes, you should give your answer now. All right, Justin's correct. <laughs> I, I was a, a professional swimmer and I was a street magician. So, oh man, I am jealous. Yeah. I was such a horrible swimmer when I was in high school. I, I was a diver, but as soon as I hit the water, useless. My my father was a is a, a swimmer swimming coach, so I have not always kept tour, you know. Oh, that's <laughs> I, so cool. Yeah. So Guys, basically Sherlock Holmes. I'll take my prize in writing. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to send me a, a script, I can help you with that. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, I feel like uh, I feel like you're already sharing so much for free with us because this is what you do professionally. You share these principles yeah. and you go into different boards or companies or rooms for storytellers, screenwriters, whatnot, and you're here sharing them for free, so I am no problem. I, I, actually, actually, the the principles are in the storybook, so everybody who reads the story from Robert McKee can understand that. Uh, the real value of that is uh, is to understand uh, or, or to try to put that in practice. You know, this is the most difficult part. This is the 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 thing that I do for a living uh helping people to put this in practice so don't don't worry i'm really glad to be here it was awesome <laughs> oh that's fantastic well like i said i would love to have you back especially to dive deeper into using an example to show how these are actually illustrative um i i know that we also uh, justin i i just get nervous seeing a black box so i'm here sure. I, can okay, hear cool. you. I can hear you it's also super sad because i actually one of the times i disconnected i went under my bed and pulled out this uh story thing that i use when i'm making documentaries and it's basically a cork board with a shitload of string on it and i was going to show you guys but i can't so that's awkward oh okay well uh take a picture with your phone and we can put it in the notes because i do want to see that it's hilarious guys it's it looks a little manic right now, but I'll take things off of it and clean it up a little bit. No, I like manic. My favorite thing is having rooms with like post-it notes on the walls and red string that connects everything that makes me yeah. look like a serial killer. So please do share all of that. I have like the act arcs in string. And then I usually, when I'm doing documentary stuff, I'll print out like a frame on like a little Polaroid of the scenes and then try to arrange them to basically create the story for a documentary. Yay. That's why I'm telling you things aren't real. 
but um, <laughs> that's what I was going to show you guys, but I can't do that. So that's that's fun. I, well, I have you uh, slide that is exactly that. If you want yeah. to share, if I, you want to me to share, just in five seconds, I can show people how to put that in, po in post sure. it. Sure, right? go for it. It just is really fast. Is uh, let me present here. I hide from the presentation that I have, but I have another one here. Well, let me just just a second. I will share my screen. Just. I hope it has red string that makes me feel like we're serial killers. <laughs> yeah, sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is making me sound like the the villain of everything. Guys, I'm so sad. I literally like went under my bed and pulled this out and was like, this is great. It's the only time in my life I've ever wanted to show this off. And now it's not the internet hates me, guys. I live in the middle of nowhere, and that's the moral of the story for a pandemic. Can I you not get an ether cable? Pardon? Can you not get an ether cable? Uh yeah, upstairs where my family is doing things right now. Oh. Um. Well, yeah. invite them in. <laughs> Welcome to two o'clock on a Tuesday. Um, <laughs> two on a Tuesday, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Just well, saying, is, is it something? So Sorry. No, go ahead. No, no I was uh, wondering if the, uh, what you talked about is uh, something like that that I'm presenting right now. Oh, I don't uh, see what you're presenting. I think that. The other slide that you were showing has, it looks like the signal was dropped. So you're going to bring that back. There we go. All right. Are you seeing my screen right now? Yeah. Okay. Let's blow that up and make that bigger. Okay. Freaking everything off. That kills me. Um, yeah, kind of. Not not quite as organized as that. It looks a lot more manic and follows like the actual like tension arcs of the structures. All right. And cool. I also have it broken into five acts right now because I work in five acts, not three. But yes, similar. Cool, cool. Yeah. So uh, from the left to the right, uh, we have Act One, Two, and Three. The Act One is uh, built by one, two, three, four, six, seven scenes. Uh, in two seconds, right? And the act two, we which one is the, the biggest one, we have five sequences of five scenes. And the act three, we have two sequences of five scenes as well. So this so is- So would you uh, say this is the closest thing to that, that archetypal or Hollywood classic structure of story, what this looks like? Yes, yes, it's, it's just like that. Each scene should be, uh near to two minutes for example so you have a notion as well of rhythm uh with that structure for example that why the act one has seven scenes each sequence has, has had seven scenes because uh after after the beginning people audiences are trying to to get more involved and the rhythm should change so uh for delivering uh, each sequence, each um, uh, event of sequence, right? Uh, we need to deliver that faster uh, to to the to the audience. So that's why it has less uh, scenes. So it, uh, it's a powerful tool as well to 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 use it. I love it. Is that your one cool thing? That's not your one cool thing. You had something else, didn't you? Me? 
Yeah, because we do, for those who are also maybe tuning in for the very first time, we do a segment at the end that we totally ripped off of John August and Craig Mazin from Script Notes, another, (laughs) wait, what are you laughing about? (laughs) No, I just laughed at Script Notes. It's so applicable right now. It really is. Ooh, well, if any, John August, if you're listening or Craig Mazin, yeah, they for sure listen to our podcast as well. But (laughs) if you are listening, you absolutely need to have Rodrigo on your show as well. This has been super informative and I'm going to have you back as many times as we possibly can because it's obviously one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, But at the end of our podcast, we do a segment that we call One Cool Thing and it can be absolutely anything. It can be uh, an actionable item that somebody can incorporate into their own lives for their own mental health. It can be a charity that you donate to. It can be somebody has also, uh, our former co-host Tanya used to always just say sleeping, which is absolutely cool (laughs) and necessary. But uh, you had a a different cool thing. I also have it here if you want me to read it out, unless you would like to. Yes, because because I sent you last week and I forgot what it is. But (laughs) if you you, you want me to be spontaneous, I can talk about another one or someone, I don't know. (laughs) I want to hear the spontaneous thing and I'll include this one in the show notes. All right. Okay. Um, the the really cool thing that I think uh, people uh, must do uh, is to connect with me in the in my website because we are launching a community for storytellers for people who are trying to to understand uh, how to create better stories and create their own audiences uh, independently. So we are bringing brands, we are bringing people, experienced people from the market, we are giving workshops, we are giving um, uh, tools to people connect with each other and uh, live the, the, the meaning of a community, uh, everything around storytelling and the, the website, I don't know if this is in Portuguese because uh, uh, we are changing our name to a global name uh, but the, the website is uh, www.academia.trama.com.br so i will have you write that down so that we can put that in the show notes for you um, yeah. uh, that yeah. way i won't misspell it but the, the the actual thing that i would love to say is people should uh get deep in, in self-understanding you know I think this is the most powerful way to create better stories, to find who you are as a human being in this world uh, that has feelings and purpose. And I think people must uh, try to experiment different things uh, to to understand who you are as a person, right? (laughs) That's beautiful. I, wow, now I wish... Mine was as profound. <laughs> My one cool thing, unless Justin, you'd like to go first. Oh, I'll go first, sure. My one cool thing isn't, well, I mean, it's kind of cool. It's not at all cool, but um, I recently put my phone on shuffle in the car and it started playing Christmas music and I was really into it. So my one cool thing is Christmas music when it's not Christmas. <laughs> give it a go. It sounds weird, but like, give it a go. Put on Mariah Carey and you will be surprised at how much joy it brings you. 
<laughs> you know, my my wife makes me watch every Christmas Christmas movie <laughs> during the year. You know, <laughs> to get it the Christmas day. Yeah, she loves it. <laughs> All of that sounds super sentimental, and mine is <laughs> the opposite. I mean, sort of. <laughs> my one cool thing is losing reception. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yesterday, Rogers went out in like, I don't know how much of Canada, but at least the majority of Ontario with which I was trying to do business. And so these past two days have been um, just sort of this waterfall or domino reaction of everything that I was that I had scheduled to get done that just started not only trying to shove themselves deeper into my schedule and having everything pile up, but just water fall over the cliff and disappear off of my schedule. And I hit this point where um, I was talking with my cousin and we're like, we haven't connected in a while. Let's hop on a phone call and I'm just going to go for a walk. I've been walking my coffee around the block whenever it's not raining or snowing at this point. Uh, Cause thank you, Ontario. But I, I couldn't because Rogers was out and I couldn't do anything without my Wi-Fi. Thank God I'm with the other necessary evil for my Wi-Fi, Bell. So I was able to do some work yesterday. But what it forced me to do is um, I, I, I downloaded a podcast because I still didn't want to be without some sort of audio in my ears to distract me from, I guess, the rage I was feeling <laughs> while I went on my walk. And then the podcast episode ended up being super short and it cut out. And then I'm like, well, now I'm literally with nothing but myself, with my own thoughts. And so I kind of followed the trend that Rogers had set for me and decided not only would I be disconnected from my phone calls and my meetings, I pulled my headphones out and then just actually heard the world around me and my own breath and it was, a, it was a nice reminder of how much I was getting caught up in this technological world. And as much as I love being able to connect and see people, like I'm so, it's so cool that I can just hop on the screen and talk to you, Rodrigo, while you're down there in Brazil and yeah. talk to Justin, even though I don't get to see him in person anymore. And I think it's very useful for my own sanity, but having those moments where, um, I don't think a lot of people do take the moments to get to know themselves, how you're, what you're talking about, Rodrigo. So I was forced to the other day. Uh, so mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe that was my push towards finding something a little bit more pro profound in my life. <laughs> I'm on the path. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I think you are, you are, uh, I loved what, what you just said, really. Yeah. Oh, uh, good. I feel with that as well. I think uh, we have a whole new opportunities uh, to live and to connect with people and we need to use it uh, for our uh, own, uh, own sake, you know, our, uh, to, to be healthy, you know, something like that. <laughs> I agree. I am really grateful we got to have you as a guest on our show. Please yeah, do come back another much. time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate the invite. So count on me for the next, uh, to, to continue, to be continued uh, this, this uh, podcast. All right. Yes. It's not a feature film. We're turning this into a series. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love it. Well, thank you. And thank you to everybody. Thank you to everybody who tuned in live. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks guys. Bye. 
If you like this podcast, you can support it by subscribing to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also leave us a rating or review, which sincerely helps us and we absolutely love. Come hang out with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and send us your questions, recommendations, and cool things at we're totally not okay at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to We're Totally Not Okay, but that's okay. <laughs>